The Word of God is the foundation for successful living. Get the Word of God in you and be transformed by the power-packed teaching from the anointed man of God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome your neighbors again to your right, to your left. Tell them this is your night. Something is happening to you as you continue to swarm as an eagle. Praise God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, we are prayed. Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you again. Without a doubt, your presence is here. Thank you for your blessings, which you have been enjoying since this convention opened. Thank you in particular for tonight. Thank you for your word you have spoken to us. Thank you for the assurance of victory in the battles of life. For thanks be unto God, which causeth us always to triumph. We give you glory. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus. And at this moment, by the privilege you've given to me, I stand here at this moment to pronounce that this your people be blessed. I declare at this moment that this your precious people be empowered. As the word of the Lord comes to you again at this moment, be blessed. And so shall it be. Yeah. And everyone who truly believes, will you say a loud amen? Yeah. Give God your big hand one more time. It's worthy of our praise. And please get seated. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Again, I'd like to welcome each and every one of us to this very glorious night. A night in God's presence. A night of refreshing. I welcome you to this training session. The night session of the training of the third day of this great convention. I don't believe that tonight will make all the difference in your life. Yeah. On the behalf of God's servant, the president of our mission, Bishop David Oedepo, I welcome you again. I know that the best of God is available to you tonight. 
It's my privilege again tonight, given by God's servant, our presiding bishop, to bring to you God's word, the third in the series that is captioned, Born to Swear. Amen. I am sure you are thoroughly blessed in the teaching that came up a little while ago. Very simple and impactful teaching. If you dwell in the light, darkness cannot comprehend you. That's the summary of the teaching. Because wherever light appears, darkness must bow. You don't struggle to overcome darkness. You lighten your way to subdue darkness. You don't fight with darkness. You dispel darkness. Light will never require permission from darkness to disappear. As a matter of fact, the presence of darkness is an indication of absence of light. With light, darkness does not have a place. And the light shines in the dark and darkness could not comprehend it. Every time you smell darkness around you, don't struggle. Just put on the light. That's why men of light don't fellowship or interact with Satan. I vowed by the word of the Lord, I will never spend any extra time with any devil to cast him out. I don't waste my time talking with devils. Because the longest word I had Jesus spoke to devils is come out. I never saw where Jesus held the neck of a demon's possessed person. I said, come out. Oh, God, God. I said, vomit. Uh -uh. Come out. Most of the time as he appears, they are disappearing. Whatever devil has been hanging around you from now, when you appear, they will disappear. Pastor Ojeme will remember someday we were in Kaduna together as laborers in the vineyard. Then a man came to see him who according to him was traveling from Kaduna to Guagolada a distance of about um, 160 or 70 kilometers to go and make some charms. And on his way, he kept hearing my voice. I was in my house. I don't know what was happening. But you know, 
we are in different grades. We have territorial controls. Amen. From that day, I understood that I was not just a pastor of a church. I had a territory that God has given to me to control. So that man was within the territory, within the jurisdiction of the authority of Jesus vested upon my life. So he kept hearing my voice. Go back or you die. Go back or you die. So he returned according to the story Pastor Jeremy told me and came back to church with all the instruments of his enchantments and divinations. And they asked me whether I would like to see him. I said, it's not necessary. I don't sit down to talk with demons. It's not my level. Amen. And in any case, if you don't know, many, in fact, all devils are liars. That's why those who listened to them kept on being deceived by them. That's why somebody who claimed to be out of occultism before now started writing books and telling stories. And when he would tell the story, he would say he's assistant to the devil. And you can't blame him. That's what the devil told him. And you can't tell how many people he told that. He said, you, you are my assistant. You, you are my assistant. Just to give them a feeling of importance. He's a liar from the beginning. Don't listen to him. He's not the one to give you information. Your information is from the book of life. And what is the information of the book of life? You are being raised with Christ. You are made to be seated together with him in the heavenly places. He said, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over every works of the devil and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. The nearest place Satan can get to in your life is underneath your feet. I wonder how he managed to climb your soldier to be talking to you. When next the devil is talking to you in your ear, tell him, come on here, talk to this place. That's where you belong to. Talk to this place. That's where you belong to. That is the farthest is permitted to go. That's why when you sleep and you have any dream that you saw one devil despite following, pursuing you, just wake up and despite. Don't even, don't talk about it. If you need to talk at all, tell him, Satan, if they burn you well, come physically now. Come physically now. Come physically now. Amen. Anybody who will kill you will not inform you before he does so. So that you dreamt and that you are told you will die. It's, it's no news. It's no news. Don't give it an attention. Keep walking in the light. And the light you walk in will dispel all the darkness around you. I am so conscious of the light that I carry. 
I don't know if Pastor Jeme will remember again about that time. I was told that some witches were going to meet in Kaduna. And we had all night service that day. And the one pastor came and whispered to me. He said, I was told some witches will be meeting in town. When he saw the way I looked at him, he said, I'm sorry, I just wanted to inform you. <laughs> he said, I thought uh, you would need to pray about it. I said, what? Praying for what? For witches to meet? Let them meet, if they can ever meet. Say with me, I have the victory. Say it confidently right now. You are blessed. Give God a big hand one more time, everybody. Come with me quickly, please open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Say with me, I am blessed. Say it again, I am blessed. Often I hear people come to me, they say, it's like I'm under a curse. All of us in our family, we're under a curse. I say, shut up! A beautiful lady like you can't be under a curse. And I tell them, I want to hear you start saying, it's like I'm under a blessing. 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 Say with me, I'm under a blessing. Amen. Listen. Somebody told you you are under a curse and you believed him. He didn't wish you well and you still believe him and you started announcing what he said about you. Hear this other news now. A privileged servant of God is saying to you tonight, you are under a blessing. Listen. If people will believe the servants of God the way they believe, they are doctors. Like you are told tonight, you went and told the doctor how you are feeling. And he interpreted it and gave it a name in a sickness. And you believed it and you took it back home and you told your wife, doctor said I have diabetes. For your information, I speak to you as a doctor tonight. Go home, you are healed up. Go home, there is no sickness for you again. Amen. Now, some of you may be wondering, where did you get your authority from? Listen to this very well. In the Old Testament, there were categories of priests. Please get to understand this also if you have done a little bit of study on um, history of medicine. In the profession of medicine, it is a priestly profession. In Leviticus, 
when people have ailments, they go to the priest. It is the priest that confirms that they are sick. It is the priest also that confirms that they are cleansed. That's why when Jesus came and he met the sick, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. That is, go and confirm your healing. So priests are not only custodians of the word, they are also medical experts. So as a priest tonight, I say to you, you are healed in the name of Jesus. I don't care who says you are sick, go home, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Will you shout it? I believe I am healed. Somebody met me or somebody called me on the phone a few months ago. One Saturday I was driving and said to me, I'm just coming from the hospital. They say I have high blood pressure. I say, shut up, you don't have it. I say, get back to the same place. And they will tell you you don't have it. And immediately he rushed to the place. Two hours later he called me. He said, excuse me sir, I'm just coming from the place. They say, I don't have it. I said, but I told you before. You don't have it. You don't have it. Say with me, I don't have sickness in my body. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, something is happening right now. Last year at the youth convention here, one of the morning sessions we were ministering healing. In the morning, we declared the healing. In the afternoon, a number of people went to the Gilead Medical Center to check up for their status in HIV. By evening, we have catalog of testimony of people who are healed and cured of that plague. I don't care what devil is tormenting you with anything they call medical incurable disease, sexual transmitted disease, killer diseases of HIV and hepatitis, skin diseases, whatever they may call it. By the time you wake up tomorrow morning, you shall not find them again. By the time you wake up tomorrow morning, by the time you wake up tomorrow morning, you shall not find them again. Glory to God. Celebrate Jesus for your healing, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is done. It is done. Isaiah chapter 40. We will read four verses. And for the purpose of the analysis that the Holy Spirit will take us through, I'd like us to read it in this order. First of all, we read verse 30. And then verse 29, and then verse 28, and then verse 31. 
even the youths say with me even the youths now what does the youth represent the youth represents the peak of strength in all categories of people in life the youth is known to be the strongest in the military people are recruited between 16 and 22 that is the peak of strength for the youth it is the period where maximum strength can be attained after 22 the speed of growth is beginning to decline at 22 they can break your leg and it will still be mended within that age life is fun fight is fun but here what the bible says that even those who are as strong shall faint that is no matter how strong they are they could still faint and be weary be worn out be tired and the young men shall utterly fall that is they will get to their weak hands but in the midst of that verse 29 there is someone who giveth power to the faint among the youths and to them that does not even have might he increases strength now strength is a measure of power strength is the categorization of power a wise man is strong but a man of knowledge increases in strength so strength is in categories while some are fainting a few of them who are wise get connected to someone who gives them strength who is that person verse 28 as thou not known as thou not heard that the everlasting god the lord the creator of the hands of the heart fainted not neither is weary like man and there is no searching of the understanding or the source of his strength listen to this this shows to us that who you are connected with determines the quality of the strength you exhibit we are teaching tonight on power to soar as ego then verse 31 shows to us 
how to get connected. But they that wait upon the Lord <laughs> shall renew their strength. And this is what will happen to them. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Now listen to this. Two key things are repeated here. Faint, weary, faint, weary. The young men will faint, they'll be weary. But there is a God who does not faint or is neither weary. And those who are connected to him will run and not be weary and they will walk and not faint. Remember God's word says, for by strength shall no man prevail. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 9. Also in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. He said, It is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Now by my spirit. We will get to know the details of that shortly as the Holy Spirit helps us. I am taking you on a journey tonight that will bring you to a point where you don't talk weakness, you don't talk fainting, you don't talk weariness. Just like you have watched your fathers in the faith. I get amazed when I look at Bishop Oedipo at all times. Tireless. Spiritually, mentally, physically. It seems to me as it were that it is where people stop that it commences. There is something that makes it happen. Not one year, not five years, not ten years, not twenty years. Something that keeps you running, irrespective of how many people are falling. The ability to despise discouragement. That when you are told there is a calamity, you can smile. Just like Job said, he said, in the face of calamity, you shall laugh. And that is the characteristic of the eagle. That's why the eagle is brought in here in verse 31. The eagle seems to be most excited with storm. Like I shared two nights ago, that the eagle seems to exhibit such excitement that despises the storm. From this moment, what makes people cry? will be making you to smile. When they are crying, you'll be wondering what are they crying for? When Jesus the ego was here and people cry, he tell them be of good cheer. This is not a serious matter. A 
man was crying behind him because the child is dead. He said, hold your peace. The child is sleeping. Uh, when I finish, we'll come and wake him up. The eagle stood before the grave of Lazarus. And he said, where did you lay him? Roll the stone. He said, Mary, stop crying. Have I not told you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? And he got to the grave. And he said, Father, I would not have said anything at all, but so that this people won't think I'm a magician. Thank you for, you are always there. Uh, Lazarus, we are waiting for you. Come out. And he that was dead came out. You get to a point where your prayer will become declarations. People ask me, why do you pray short prayers? Don't pray long, but I say, because I know what I'm looking for. Short prayer. My prayer is always very short. Always very short. Somebody told me he had been in affliction for about uh, five years. And they brought him to me. Somebody else came with him. And after I finished praying, on their way going, he said the person that followed him was very angry. Angry for what? He said, the, 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 the prayer was too short. How can he pray such a such prayer for such a serious problem? Amen. Very simple prayer. He came back later to tell me the catalogs of the deliverance and the freedom. By working with egos, I have seen the way they handle matters. Jesus never wasted time praying for people. And you will hear such scriptures in the gospel. Suddenly, the man was clean. Immediately, he was made whole. And he said to me, he said, when you go, you shall lay hand on the sick and they shall recover. So when I lay hands on the sick, I don't ask them, how do you feel? What I expect is that they shall recover. Are you there? Stop struggling with devils. They are not your mates. You are not at their level. Now, the bird eagle relies on certain power if you like call it ability power means ability it means enablement now the secret of the ego that other birds did not know that makes it to soar is the reliance it has on the unknown ability and what is that ability it is the wind. There is something between the eagle and the wind that other birds don't know. Follow this very well because we will come to the spiritual interpretation of it very shortly. This power of the wind 
is what is described as the thermal current. They call it the thermal current. What is this thermal current? As I continue. Now we understand that when the day breaks, there is a wind that blows, gentle wind. It is with that wind of the morning that every other bird wakes up and starts flapping because they are in a hurry for their day to start. The thermal wind builds up with sunrise. So when the sun builds up in its currency and heat, it begins to blow some very strange wind which somehow there is an intuition in the ego that gives its signal this is the time to take up your flight so the eagle is sensitive to the wind and when that thermal wind comes that thermal current comes the wind opens i mean the eagle opens her wings and flaps maximum three times and get on the same frequency of that thermal energy if you have taken a flight in a hot sunny day you may have this experience when it is sunny in the afternoon you find some bumpy effect in the flight that is the thermal energy. And in any case, the aircraft operates a lot by the wind. They check the direction of the wind. Every airport is built according to the direction of the wind because certain angle or degree of wind is required for a flight to take off. The wind aids the movement the lifting that's why the eagle as it is described in this passage they shall mount up with wings as eagle so the eagle mounts or takes a ride on the wind the wind is the helper of the eagle We understand that in Hebrew, the word mantop means to ascend with, to arise up by, to lift up, to spring up, or to stir up. So when that wind is built up, the eagle mounts on it. If you like, in a literal word, it climbs on the wind. This also can be understood when a man is on a horse. Now, the climbing, the term that is used for climbing a horse is to mount the back of the horse. 
And the moment you mount the back of the horse, the energy for the movement is supplied by the horse, but you are in control. So in the same way, when the eagle mounts the wind, it begins to manipulate the wind in its favor as it soars higher and farther and further. Hallelujah. But hear this again. One primary requirement of the ego is waiting. Say with me, waiting. 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 While other bots are taken off early in the morning, the ego perches either on top of a mountain or on top of a tree. Waiting. Now listen to this. One of the most difficult things to do in life is waiting. We live in a world of hurry. Everybody is in a hurry. Somebody is called to ministry. Yesterday, he wants to start the ministry now. Somebody has caught a vision for business. And he wants to start in a big way. Just the same day. Waiting. Waiting. John waited in the wilderness until his time of appearance. Jesus waited in the carpenter shop until his time of appearance. Joseph waited in the Potiphar's house and in the prison until his appointed time. David waited going by pursuit of Saul from wilderness to cave, waiting and waiting. He had a chance to kill Saul, but he said, no, I will not kill him. I will wait until the appointed time. Waiting is one of the most difficult things to do. But it is also the most rewarding thing to do. So the ego perches, perhaps at the mockery of other birds. What is he waiting for? Look at him, stupid, nonsense. But he's waiting, just watching, sensitive to the movement of the tamal. They that wait, wait. He said, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Psalm 27, the last verse. Psalm 62, verse 1, and I think verse 6 as well. He said, my soul, wait thou only upon the Lord, for thy expectation is from him. Wait. Waiting is not necessarily wasting. Wait. What does it mean to wait? There are two elements that waiting consists of. One, it consists of time, if you like, duration. 
a period. And secondly, it consists of a process. There is time element, there is process element. So the eagle is waiting, following the process, waiting for the time. Again, by the Hebrew translation, listen to this very carefully. To wait means, in the process of time, to bind together as by twisting or plating or braiding together. Take these two illustrations. If you see rope, the kind of rope they use to carry cow or goat, you will see the rope is made up of different or several number of twines weaved together. For what purpose? To strengthen it together. Second illustration, if you look at women, the way the air is being braided, woven together. I asked a woman, one of our pastor's wife, a little while ago, how long does it take to make this long, long hair? And she said to me, sometimes it takes an hour. Huh? More than that? Less than that? More? Okay. Well, whatever time it takes, it takes time. Am I saying something? They weave them together. It takes time. Now, so the word wait means to go through a process of weaving weaving so when the bible says for you to wait on the lord it simply means to say you need to go through the process of weaving your spirit with the spirit of god remember this scripture we read has said to us there is a god who gives strength to those who are fainting that process of strength comes when you are waiting on him. There is a weaving process. There is an entwining process. Undefeatable, indefatigable spirit of God. It is a process of fellowshipping with God. Remember? Before Jesus left, he told the apostles. When they asked him for when the time of the signs will come, Jesus said, you don't need to bother about the manifestations. All you need to do is go to Jerusalem and tarry ye for the promise of the Father. Tarry. To wait means to tarry. And to tarry means to sit down with 
purpose to sit down with expectation to sit down with intent with purpose and with intent and you know what they did they went and sat down in the upper room they were waiting they were interweaving their spirit with the word and with the holy spirit and chapter 2 verse 1 said suddenly there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind 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 suddenly as the eagle weighs on the rock there is the thermal energy from the wind that comes to lift it and in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 suddenly there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind that filled the house and lifted them from the upper room to the city of Jerusalem and all over the world there is no manifestation without a waiting and Jesus practiced the same thing he went to the wilderness waited for 40 days Luke chapter 4 verses 1 to 14 and he returned in the power of the spirit and his fame spread it abroad and those who knew him as a carpenter before began to say is this not Joseph's son the carpenter we used to know they used to know him as a dog but now he has changed to an ego so take away the wind and there is no ego take away your waiting then you have no access to the power of god that enables people to fly i'm showing to you what we practice please listen to me very well many of you pray to be like us it is very cheap to wish to be like somebody you need to find out the practices and engage in it i had said two days ago there is no myth about greatness just anybody can become great all you need to do is to open your eyes observe what great people are doing and start doing it a child elephant will never need to pray to become a mother elephant all it does is to observe the feeding habit of the adult elephant and the exercise so when they go out and the little elephant see the mother elephant throw the trunk around a tree and start pulling back to pull down the tree the young elephant say well i can't try a tree but i can try a shrub and throw the trunk around the shrub and watches the mother drawing back and he start drawing back and as the tree is coming down the shrub is coming down watch what great people are doing and start practicing it i have never one wished or prayed to be like bishop Oedeko. what i do is to study what this man does and as i do it i see the same result 
Now, getting back to our lesson, to wait simply means to mingle together. They that wait, remember, upon the Lord. Just as the eagle waits upon the wind, we are waiting upon the Lord. While others are rushing and running, we are waiting. Listen to me. Jesus waited for 30 years and he did exploits in three years. Those who can wait may truly look like they are going far ahead of you. But after your waiting, when you take off, it doesn't take time to catch up and to overtake them. While other blocks are flapping to cover kilometers, the ego is waiting. The ego is waiting. The ego is waiting. And once it took off, under 30 minutes, what other birds have used three hours to cover? Without sweat. Without sweat. From this moment, people will no longer see your sweat out. Yet, they will never be able to deny your results. Now listen. When people see me, they get surprised. And I've seen that over and over again because I don't look like a man who should have results. They get surprised. They get, if I may use the word, they get disappointed. Because they don't see me sweat, yet they can't deny my results. How? The kind of energy I am using, they don't have access to it. He said there is no searching of his ways. To wait on the Lord means to interact in what we call spiritual osmosis. In biology, they teach us about osmosis. The movement and mingling of liquid. Different mixture of liquid. Once they mingle together, you can separate them. Now listen. While you are waiting, you are mixing with God. God comes into you, you come into God. You can understand what Jesus said in John 15, 7. If ye abide in me and my word abide in you, then you'll come to a point that you will just ask anything you want and it shall be given unto you. Now that's why it comes to a stage in your life that rather than asking things from God, you are consulting with God about the things that should happen. That is the stage that the ego Elijah got to. When he woke up one day and said, there shall not be rain by my word. Somebody says, what a proud man. He was not proud. He had already mingled with God. When Elijah speaks, it is God speaking. When God speaks, it is Elijah speaking. A mingling. An osmosis. All of these great egos were riding on the wind. 
waiting on God, riding on God's authority. For as we behold them, we are changed into the same image. So, when the ego goes up, it is not the ego per se, it is the wind. In the same way, when you wait on God, after your waiting, it is no longer you going out, it is God going out. I used to say this very humorously, you cannot meet with the great God in the morning and an ordinary human will intimidate you at the afternoon time. You can't be walking with the great God and be intimidated by dwarfs of men. The reason we fail before men is because we are not standing before God. As we behold them, we are changed into ego I used to say also that who you look at determines who you look like if you look at God sufficiently enough by the time you come out you start looking like God for they looked unto him and they were lightened and their faces were no more ashamed the face of God is the cure to the shame of man. That's why if you want to know some of our secrets, this is it. We take time to wait upon the Lord. We take time to wait upon the Lord. Elijah did, Moses did, Jesus did, the apostles did. Jesus was a man of the mountain. Many nights is on the mountain. There is a particular mountain that Jesus was familiar with. They call it Mount Olives. And olive is where the oil comes from. And oil represents renewal. So Jesus was always there on that mountain. John chapter 7, the last verse, and chapter 8, the first verse. He sent everybody to go home, but he went to the Mount of Olives. And in the morning when he came down, they saw the eagle as landed. The secret of triumph among men is constant fellowship with God. Constant fellowship with God. Waiting on the Lord. There are many Christians today who don't even spend five minutes with God. They just rush through daily guide and daily manner and pray some very dirty tongues. It is not the prayer you pray in your bathroom that will give you victory when you go out. I'm already late. I'm already late for the appointment. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Son, Heavenly Ghost, Heavenly Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh -uh. 
This thing we call waiting on the Lord is more than just prayer, even though prayer is one of it. I'll be showing that to you before our time expires. What are the elements that makes for waiting on the Lord? So Jesus was always there. And by the time he came down, all the demons would start screaming and shouting. In Luke chapter 9, it was on what we call the mountain of transfiguration. Luke chapter 9 from verses 26 to 35. He took James, Peter, and John with him, and he was transfigured before them. Now, if you can please quickly come with me to Luke chapter 9. Is somebody getting something at all? Ask your neighbor, are you waiting on the Lord? Now, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. But I'll just look at verses 28 to 32. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. Look at this. And as he prayed, say with me, as he prayed. That is, if you like, as he waited on the Lord. What happened? The fashion of his countenance was altered. When you wait on the Lord, there is an alteration that goes on. According to Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord will renew. They will alter their nature. They will exchange their mortality for immortality. They will exchange their human for divinity. The whole essence of waiting on the Lord is to have a change of status. The countenance of the fashion of his countenance was altered. It was so altered that even his raiment was affected and became white and glistering. Listen to this. When you wait on the Lord, not only is your spirit man affected, your mental faculty is affected, your physical body is affected, and when there is no more space, the cloth you put on begins to get affected. That's why people came and touched the hem of his garment. Out of the excess of the spiritual alteration, they were getting healed. Hallelujah. That's why somebody could be sick, brought to my home, even when I'm not in healing takes place because I have soaked myself by waiting on him that even my house knows that I'm waiting on him and the entire atmosphere is charged with his presence that's why when they came down from that mountain if you read the next verse I mentioned the Bible said they saw his glory when he came down far distance away because what he carried was reflecting to far places. Demons saw him and they cried. They came out of the oppressed. 
Before he came down, the disciples had gone ahead of him. And they were to cast out a devil from a boy. And they could not. And they came to Jesus. They said, Master, why could we not cast out the devil? Jesus said, the way you are sleeping. That's not how they cast out devils. While I was waiting, you were sleeping. Those of you who are students here, those of you who are business people there, here, there is a way you get soaked with God's presence that as you move, nobody dare ask you to sell your body to pass an exam. You carry such an aura that they even get afraid they can't look at you in the eyes. When I was a student like you, my classmates were so afraid that they don't even call me by my name. You see, we mix too much with people more than we mix with God. It follows us, even those who are in ministry. There are pastors who don't hold one regard in the presence of church members because they look at him, he looks too ordinary. He doesn't carry any aura. So they pat him on the back and call him, oh boy, they call the pastor. He say, oh boy, how are you doing? Pastor K, how are you doing? Because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't carry such an aura. Some of them get angry when they hear that people touch us and they get healed. How can they be touching people like that? Are they, are they not human beings? Are they God? And the reason they are not touching you is because there is nothing flowing from you. If you carry it, they will follow you and seek to touch you. They were not touching Jesus when he was carpenter's boy. But when he went and waited on the Lord, and he came down, the Bible says, great multitude came after him and besought him that they may touch him. Businessmen, you struggle to get jobs. When you get the job, you struggle to be paid because you trust in the legs of men. When they tell you they won't pay you, tell them I'm coming back and go and wait on the Lord two, three days and carry the face of God. By the time you are going back, it is not you going back, it is God going back. Moses tried to bring out the children of Israel. He couldn't bring them out. But when he went to the backside of the mountain and met with God, he went back to the same palace. This time around, not as an eloquent man, but as a stammerer. With a rod in his hand. Without the support of anybody. By the time he arrived at the palace, Pharaoh knew that this is not the Moses I used to know. You need to wait on God. That is to climb on God and ride on God. When you are going out in the morning, you are riding on God. And who is he that will stand on the way of your God? If he comes against the rock, the rock shall break him into pieces. If he stands on the way of the rock, the rock shall grind him into powder. Some of you wonder, 
how do these people make it? Everywhere they go, they honor them. Everything they want, they get. Every step they take, they succeed. This is the secret. We take time to wait on the Lord. And get sufficient energy to take us through the challenges of life. As a pastor, I don't toy, especially with my Saturday night. I'm waiting on the Lord. And God is loading me here, loading me here, loading me here, loading me here. So when I come out on Sunday, even the look on my face is communicating something. Somebody says, well, that's you are a preacher. It is the same principle as it works for pastors, it works for business people. That in places where they have been driving you back before now, you can now mount on God to go to such places and have them give to you the things you desire. Get back home, read the story of Moses over and over again. Read about Elijah over and over again. Read about Jesus over and over again. The same story. It, it, it is not therefore a wonder that when Jesus was on the mountain of transfiguration, it was Moses and Elijah that came to him. They were egos. They were men of the mountain. They went to the mountain to meet with their co-ego, Jesus Christ, and they were conversing with themselves. That's why when you understand this mystery, every time you go to wait on the Lord, you find the spirit of just men made perfect. Fellowshipping with you. You find the boldness of Elijah. You find the courage of Moses. You find the unfearing nature of Jesus. You find men like Paul the Apostle standing with you. You find men like Joshua and Caleb standing with you with courage. <laughs> 